As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media. You guys know me from my work on the Mark Levin Show as well as uh, potentially from Newsmax. And, of course, this show, This is America with Rich Valdez, where we bring you the latest headlines and give you some analysis and opinion. And occasionally I crack a joke. And something that's not a joke, something that's serious, and something that I'm really proud to say is that Kyle Rittenhouse on Friday was uh, declared not guilty, found not guilty on all counts. Now, I think this is a big deal because justice has prevailed in America. The White House has said that uh, there will be a forthcoming statement from President Biden. And, of course, uh, I wouldn't expect anything less from the the left coming in. And uh, if you listen to the last episode of This is America, you'd know that I I said they're going to use this as a win either way. And you could check that out on the previous episode, but... Here are the counts. First degree, reckless homicide, not guilty. Second count, first degree, reckless endangerment and safety, of safety, not guilty. Third count, first degree, recklessly endangering safety again. No no, uh, guilty charge on that one either. And the same with the first degree intentional homicide, attempted first degree of intentional homicide as well. All of them not guilty. So kudos to Rittenhouse. I'm glad this kid will live a somewhat normal life. I don't know if we could even say that. He'll always be known as that guy that did what he did. Who knows? Maybe it'll fuel him to do something in life, like become an attorney and continue to make sure that people that are falsely accused like him come out on the winning side. Now, something I want to get to on the local side of things is this SEPTA attack, right? These teenage girls, they attacked other students on a SEPTA train Now they've been charged with ethnic intimidation, aggravated assault, and a bunch of other things. Now the reason that this, I believe, is uh, newsworthy is because we're seeing this all over the place, right? I'm a Brooklyn guy that lives in Jersey. You guys are seeing it in Philly. Everybody's seeing it across America. There's violence everywhere, and it's because, in my opinion, the degradation of a society. And we're going to get to that in a little bit because I found a a clip from last weekend that I wanted to play that I didn't get to, and I'm going to play it for you today because I think it really sums up exactly what's going on. But the suspects that were involved in the attack on the SEPTA train are now facing ethnic intimidation charges. Good for them. Listen to this from ABC6 Philadelphia. District Attorney's Office has just announced that four suspects in yesterday's Broad Street subway attack have been charged with assault, ethnic intimidation, and a slew of criminal offenses. It was a disturbing sight to see on this viral cell phone video. Police say four African-American students hurled racial slurs and then physically attacked Asian students coming home from Central High School in Alnick. It's horrific to see what's going on in society right on a subway where kids can't even go back and forth to school without being attacked because of the onslaught of crime. Now, this isn't 
crime related to poverty. This is crime related to fatherless homes, crime related to the left encroaching into every aspect of society. I'm going to just take a wild guess here and say these kids that were on the train getting into this fight, or at least antagonizing the fights, instigating the fight, they weren't in Sunday school on Sundays, right? They weren't in their Sunday services at their local church. I just, I get that feeling. And I'm not trying to be cynical or anything else other than very matter of fact. We've gone so far away from what is good and holy that we live in this world of pure caca. Anyway, listen to what the police chief had to say. This was a, an attack based on ethnicity, um, and ethnic slurs were used by the attackers. This wasn't truly motivated by their ethnicity, because here's the thing. Years ago, ethnic intimidation was called a hate crime because it's motivated by hate. These are hateful individuals. They are learning to hate young people that are hating people for whatever apparent reason, because they're being spoon-fed racism everywhere they go. This is why there's such a big push against CRT, a big push against everything. People are tired of being told what to do. And I don't mean being told what to do in, in the sense of uh, you can't go beating people up on the train. But I think you know what I mean. Even more locally in New York City, Senator Jessica Ramos, she's like AOC light. They have her on the radio uh, in New York biweekly. Why? I don't even know. She is literally like the uh, married version of AOC with kids. But... She's promoting her new bill that gives preferential treatment to transsexuals by decriminalizing prostitution, right? Or the euphemism that she uses is sex work. Another thing that we talked about that last week, how they try to change the language to soften the blow. So here, if you're a prostitute and you're a man, you're a prostitute and you're a woman, that's not the case, right? What, what is the case is if you're a prostitute and a transsexual, then they're going to decriminalize the charges. Now, this sounds eerily familiar to what we talked about last week about pedophilia being destigmatized and called minor attracted persons. So, why are all these politicians who all happen to be Democrats that call themselves progressives or neo progressives, why are they trying to change the way that we view some of the most illicit crimes in our society? Why are we normalizing what's bad and what's evil? Well, the great one, Mark Levin, had Jason Whitlock from the Blaze Network on his program last week, and there's a clip of their interview that I really want you to hear because, to me, it's so well said. He really puts it out there eloquently, better than I could have. This is Satanism. This is satanic. When there is an attack on truth, it's an attack on God. It's an attack on Jesus. The truth is what sets us free. The truth is what Jesus, God, faith are about. There is a massive attack on truth in this country. And that is an attack on God. Voltaire said it a long time ago. If you can convince a man of absurdities, you can then get him to commit to atrocities. I may have butchered that slightly, but we are being convinced of absurdities. And they're packaging and masking their uh, hatred of God in this, oh, we're here to fix racism. And no, what you're really here to do is attack the truth and attack God and create a chaotic society that believes in absurdities so eventually they can execute atrocities on people. We're seeing small examples of it 
all across America. And that's exactly what we saw. We're seeing small examples of this, whether it's politicians promoting the cause of evil, right, what's bad in life, or these t teenagers that have gone astray that are beating up other teenagers in the name of Lord knows what, but I'm going to call it hate. This is the problem. I'm going to wrap up a little bit, but this is just such good audio. I don't want you to miss out on this. I don't know if I want to go as far as, as calling January 6th and how those people have been treated as an atrocity, but it's a sign of where we're headed. That was not an insurrection. Those people don't deserve to be locked up and chained in isolation in prison for months on trespassing charges. So we have been convinced of an of a absurdity that somehow this was an insurrection, the, the likes of which we haven't seen since Pearl Harbor. Yep. And there's so much more to come. Now, listen, I think it's super important that we focus on exactly what's happening. This is what we're seeing. We see incidents of this everywhere. We just saw an incidence of this with uh, Jedediah Bila, former host of The View. She went on there to promote her book, and they started beating her up about a vaccine mandate because she was appearing via Skype. And it started with Joy Reid, but then Sonny Huston comes in and just literally just doesn't let her speak. They shut her down, claiming that she's spreading misinformation, that, that this can't be done. It got very emotional, got very heated. This is just not cool. And Sonny Huston eventually aggressively just cuts her off. That's a stressful situation. And listen, I'm used to this stressful stuff, but I manage my stress with Noom.com, N-O-O-M.com slash This Is America. If you want to check out your trial, it's a customized trial, go to Noom.com because it helps you manage your stress. It takes about 10 minutes a day. It's an app. You can use it anytime, anywhere. So now's the time for you to get your health in check, get everything in order, get your personalized trial at Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash This Is America. They've got great articles. There's actually a good write-up on them in Rolling Stone magazine. I saw another one in Forbes. And I think you should check it out, N-O-O-M.com slash This Is America, N-O-O-M.com slash This Is America. Now, straight ahead, we're going to have a, a sit-down with Jedediah Bila. She's going to check in with us coming up. And she's going to explain everything that happened with this craziness on The View. More to come on this special edition of This Is America on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. 
And our special guest, I told you she'd be with us. She's here. You know her from Fox and Friends on the weekend. You know her from The View. And she made it out alive and she's living her best life. And she's got a book and we're going to talk about that. But Jedediah Beal is our guest. Welcome to the program to This Is America. Tell us what's going on with this uh, audio clip that we keep seeing of you and Joy Behar just uh, going at it because you were just trying to have a conversation. Thank you so much, Rich. Yeah, I was on The View yesterday to promote Dear Hartley, a book I'm really passionate about, we can talk about in a few minutes. And essentially, the topic that we knew we were going to discuss in advance was vaccine mandates. And I was on remote because I'm not vaccinated. I have sky high natural immunity for, you know, from getting infected 19 months ago. I also have a medical exemption from my physician, my infectious disease vaccinated doctor in New York City, backed up by three other physicians. Tons of documentation, labs, extensive immunity work done. And I just said, listen, my case aside, I do not support these mandates because they're not grounded in science. I went on to cite the CDC, which has come out and said that this is a vaccine that does not prevent transmission so that vaccinated people can get COVID and can spread COVID. We know that to be true. That's why they had to come back out and say, oh, by the way, all you vaccinated people, you also need to wear your masks because the Delta variant is going from vaccinated person to vaccinated person as well. There was this clip of audio that I saw that was just really, I actually just did something like that on TV where somebody just kept talking over me. And it's, it's just so characteristic of those that have a dissenting opinion, usually people on the left. And it's a shame. And this audio is pretty unique because you don't really see too much of that in broadcast. There's usually some civility. These were just facts. They labeled me as misinforming the public for stating those facts. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm no big fan of the CDC, but I used that. I, I mentioned the CDC because they seem to love the CDC so much. So I was saying, hey, you love the CDC. This is what they're saying on transmission. If these are the facts on transmission, justify your mandates. So that exchange went interestingly. Okay, Jed. So let's discuss. Yeah. Let's address the elephant in the room because you were supposed to join. You <laughs> yeah. were supposed to join us in the studios mm -hmm. weeks ago, but you couldn't because ABC has a very strict policy. Uh, you can't get into this building unless you're fully vaccinated. Everybody in this room knows that and is vaccinated. But you made a conscious decision not to get the vaccine. Now the CDC says a person is ten times less likely to be hospitalized from COVID and eleven times less likely to die if they. They've gotten the vaccine. Okay, so why didn't you get it? Yeah, so my story is a little bit unique. I'll share that first before I get into those CDC numbers. But Remember, we have I only have a certain have a medical... amount of time, Jed, if you want to get everything yeah, in. I have, right. So I want, to, I want to let people know why I'm not there. I have a medical exemption to the vaccine that's been written by my infectious disease vaccinated specialist in New York City that's been co-signed by three other doctors. I'm not a candidate. But the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh, my COVID. goodness. Reality, well, no, and we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, You've been at Fox TV too long. You don't have to enjoy. You don't have to listen to me on that. You don't have to listen to me. You can listen to the director of the CDC. You can look at the CDC's website. <laughs> that is why masks were reinstated for people who were vaccinated because they said, and they admitted, they came out and said, this for this Delta variant, 
transmission I is going I, to be a thing for vaccinated and you know unvaccinated what, people. I'm not opposed to the vaccine, you know what, but Jen? I am opposed to the mandate. 162,000 people have died from COVID, including right. Manny's in-laws. And I just, we've been friends a long time, but I just, uh, Manny's parents, I just don't understand why you would choose to prioritize your personal freedom over health and safety of others. So and I just, I just, I just, I just so really again, don't think that we again, should allow Sonny, this kind of misinformation again, um, on, again, on our Sonny, website. Again, Sonny, I am we've prioritizing. We've had the United States Surgeon General debunk yes, I heard what he said. everything that you've just said. And I, I just don't think no. we should, we should so a, you allow this kind of misinformation on, on our air. I'm, Sonny, I'm really sorry, Sonny, my friend. First of all, I'm really sorry, Sonny, my friend. first of all, I would say to you as a friend, what I just said to you is I am prioritizing my health. And people talk about the common Over good. Over the health and safety of other people. You're not going to have a common good if you're not prioritizing your own health. You have the Surgeon General. This should sound very familiar to you, Jed. This should sound very familiar to you. We got to go to break. Yeah, well, I saw what happened with Joy Behar, and then it got really interesting with Sonny Hostin, which you just refused to let you say anything to get a word in edgewise. And I think, how is it that we can embrace civility in, in the civil society today? How is it that we can really take a step forward positively? And I, you have children. That's why you wrote this book. And I have children. I think, how are my children, our children, America's children, how are they going to move forward in life? If this is the example being set on television where it's like, oh, no, you're misinformation, you're you're totally I mean, Trump would tell the media wrong, you're fake news. Right. Mm -hmm. But at least he let them get a word in edgewise. It seems like nowadays, if you have any type of dissenting opinion, you're persona non grata and you're just you're bad news. You're worse than the uh, disease that we're trying to vaccinate people from. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't misinformation, but it would have been fine if if any one of them had said, you know what, Jed, I disagree and here's why. And then we had a discussion about that. That's what I was there to do. I knew that I was going into turf where people felt really differently about mandates. Disney has a mandate that they uphold. You know, if you look at any number of clips from the show, you know, going in how they feel. And that's OK. People are entitled to their own opinions. I'm also entitled to mine. So if you invite me Let's have the discussion. Let's talk about it. And you're absolutely right. The problem is that when these things play out in television, this is now trickling out like a domino effect into society. You see, you know, on social media, people can't have a conversation. And the, the irony is the whole book is grounded in the idea of conversation and respectful exchange of ideas and free exchange of ideas and free thinking. And there I am promoting this book in a space that's like, oh, we don't like what you're saying. Goodbye. <laughs> so exactly. it was interesting. It's a shame. Now, you mentioned the book, and I think the book is terrific. I have not had a chance to read it, uh, but it looks interesting from the um, from the pitch that I got. I looked at it, and I thought, wow, it's not your typical uh, memoir. It's not your typical um, do this or here's what I think about what's going on today. It's it's really uh, your own personal take on what's going on and your focus on on humility and on kindness and things that I think are escaping us in society. And I think that they're incredibly important because if we had a focus on virtue, on godliness, on anything, just being nice to people, I think we'd be in such a better position today in America. Tell me uh, what inspired you to write the book? Yeah, what inspired me was my baby, honestly. And, you know, I wrote this during the pandemic. It was tough times for everyone. I was looking around. I was seeing people getting sick, people's family members getting sick, people losing their businesses as a result of lockdowns. I was seeing, you know, people, kids unable to go to school. And as a result, families losing one stream of income because one parent couldn't work and simultaneously homeschool. And it got very complicated and very scary for a lot of people. And I was looking at this little baby who was one years old at the time. Now he's two. 
saying to myself, you know what, I have so much I want to say to him in a world that can be really confusing and at times scary. So I started to write it down. It started as letters to Hartley, but ultimately it became letters for all of us, for students, for parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, you know, everyone really about the things in life that really matter. You know, I talk about faith and I talk about the American dream and opportunity and character and kindness and empathy. And I'm very open and transparent about the mistakes that I've made um, along the way in, in jobs and otherwise. I talk about fear in the book. There's a whole chapter on COVID and how I was really scared when, when it first hit New York City. I had a four-month-old and no one knew anything about anything at that time. But the message was don't stay in that fear. You know, to my child was you have to come out of that fear on the other side and be stronger as a result of what's happened. So it's a very empowering book. Um, one of the, the key chapters in there is called You the Architect. And none of this was going on in the world about mandates at the time, but the message of the chapter and the book is really be the owner of your own life, you know, be the architect, create the life that you want for yourself, whether that's your, you know, involves aspects of your health, your wellness, your job, your family, whatever that looks like, make it yours, make it something that you're excited to get up every day and face, make it stuff that you believe in and that you're comfortable walking in rooms full of people who disagree with you and talking about and defending. So it's a message that I think a lot of people will pick up. They'll find little bits of their own life in there that they can relate to. And maybe they'll be inspired to write something like that for their own children, because how wonderful is that to know that he'll have this for his whole life, you know, these words from me. And maybe, just maybe it'll help bring everyone together by reading this and just remembering why it's important to talk to each other again. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Something else that I, I saw that it really uh, stuck out was many references to freedom. Uh, freedom for lots of different things. Tell us about that. Yeah, I talk a lot about freedom. And, you know, there's a whole section on health and wellness. I had Lyme disease in the past. Um, and one of the things that helped me to get better was the freedom to pursue avenues that were right for me. And I remember at the time, you know, talking to people who had had, who had struggled with it and everyone was doing something different and everything worked, like different things would work for different people. So I realized how imperative it was to have that freedom freedom to think for yourself as a whole section on schools and diversity of thought and what's going on and how hard it is to be a student in a classroom that may feel differently, but you have to have the freedom to think for yourself and to express yourself. So that is a, a theme that runs throughout. Um, and it's important. It, it's, you know, freedom and conversation go hand in hand because once again, you can't have a good conversation and a good exchange of ideas if you're not letting people be free thinking people in those moments and hear what they have to say. So I want my child to be expressive and I also want him to listen. I want him to listen to other people's stories and walk in their shoes and not be afraid to do that so that he can figure out who he is, what he believes. And ultimately, you know, there, there are many times that it made me a more passionate defender of those beliefs by taking a minute to listen to someone else. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to agree with them, but it kind of opens up your mind in different ways. Um, so yeah, that was you're right. Freedom is a is a big message for me in life, and certainly in this book. We're on with Jedediah Abila. You know her as a television host on a whole bunch of really cool TV shows like The View, back when it was cool when she was on, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fox and Friends on the weekend. And uh, she's the author of Dear Hartley. You got to make sure you get out and buy a copy of this book. This is a looks like a good book, and with all the holidays coming up, you can't go wrong, especially for others that have little people that want to write a, a love note to their little boy. I think this is a great gift idea, and you can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. 
I guess I want to close out with, you mentioned um, some of these stories where you've learned about freedom and you've had some of these conversations with people you don't agree about, uh, agree with people about certain things. And this is where I am personally uh, in, in life. I, I, I don't hate the left while I might hate what they embrace and, and outside of politics, just other cultural divides. I, I believe in conversation. There might be some people I may not want to have a conversation with because they're too whatever. But I think we should talk to people so we could learn things. And give us, I guess, a takeaway maybe from the book or maybe from, you know, your your just vast experience of such a conversation that really had a major impact on you where you talked to somebody that you didn't agree with and what the outcome was? Um, you know, that's happened to me so many times. Um, you know, interestingly, when, when the COVID-19 pandemic first started, I was really, really scared. And I stayed in that fear for too long, in my opinion, you know, looking back, I mean, obviously hindsight is everything, but I stayed in that moment, you know, I went from being worried about a four month old to being worried about my parents, reading a lot of news headlines, and I remember at that time just having some key conversations with people who were in very different circumstances. You know, it's easy to say, oh, let's shut down the country for three weeks and, you know, everything will be fine at the end of that. But when you talk to someone who was running a business at that time and, and really had those conversations about how these policies, if they got extended, would impact them, I think it was a, a real learning experience for me that, you know, I had the luxury at that time of being at home and working from home. That wasn't everyone's luxury. And my experience wasn't necessarily everyone else's experience. So it just gave me a lens through this whole pandemic and the way it's all played out. I think that my passion for opposing one size fits all approaches to medicine, I think that my passion for really sitting and talking to people and understanding their circumstances, everyone talks about compassion. Well, you know what, you have to have compassion all around then. You know, you have to have compassion in this moment for all the nurses and doctors that are getting fired for their natural immunity. They were in the trenches taking care of everyone throughout the pandemic. You can have compassion, of course, for the people who lost family members due to COVID and the severity of that disease and have a lot of emotion tied up in that that may also be impacting their, their feelings about these policies. So I think it really just, I've had many conversations throughout this pandemic that have opened my eyes and made me someone who really wants to talk to people. And I am grounded in science. I'm grounded in facts on this stuff. I think there's a lot of data that speaks volumes. And I think it's important to not make policies that affect other people's lives on based on junk science. But I also do think it's important to hear where people are coming from. And that passion has only grown deeper in the last year. All right. Well, you heard it here. This is the... Um... I'd say one of the um, most interesting books. I don't do a ton of book interviews. We get a lot of requests. I don't take a lot of them just because I think a lot of times they just don't appeal to the audience. But I think this is one of those books that really is going to have an appeal to the audience because of the the travails you've had and because of your understanding of culture. I think when you work in media, you do have such an understanding of culture that not everybody gets because you have access to so many people and different interviews and different opportunities. So the book, Dear Hartley, make sure you get it on Amazon.com or wherever you get your books. And she's Jedediah Bila. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Rich. All right. Now, don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all the social media. This is America. We'll be right back. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. 
Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media, the social media that you like, the social media that you dislike. I'm on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Getter, Parler, you name it. Uh, give me a follow at Rich Valdez with an S. We're having this conversation about The View, right? Uh, we talked about what happened with Jedediah Bila, but more interestingly, um, or equally as interesting, was the conversation that they had earlier this week with Tara Setmeyer. She claims to be a Republican. Many would say she's a Republican in name only, a rhino, uh, anti-Trump type of Republican that was on there. She's with the Lincoln Project, so that tells you something. But she's on there saying that uh, critical race theory is the new N-word. Right. I mean, this reminds me of when they said that the red MAGA hat was the new KKK hood. I mean, they're very clever in their messaging and they probably fool a few people. But I want you to hear what she had to say. Check this out. Education used to be a Democrat issue, right? But we saw what happened in Virginia and even in New Jersey, mm -hmm. where if you have this woke crowd telling parents that they're not smart enough to, um, you know, have a say in their kids' but that education, seems to be what the Republicans are saying. Define woke is. Woke is. I mean, I think that it doesn't matter how I define it. It but matters how, how it's but, perceived. How, it's Boom. Right there. So this is how they do it, right? Now, Sunny Huston, she's a former prosecutor. She's a, a litigator. So she, she's used to this type of thing. But this is what they'll do. You go in there and you'll say something, and right away they'll say, you know, well, how do you define this word? Now, while that may have some relevance in an actual conversation, this is a conversation on TV, and honestly, this is a debate, right? They're having a debate. They're talking about two different sides. She's in the conservative chair, which is no longer conservative. Well, then again, it was Meghan McCain for a while, so she's not really a hard conservative either. But I guess the Republican chair. And what's interesting is this is how they throw you off your game. Now, me, quite frankly, I'll bring it right back to them. I'm like, no, 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 we're talking about how this issue has been framed by the Republicans and how they won an election. I'm not going to talk about how you define this and how you define that when the outcome's already there. We already saw what parents did to win. It's irrelevant, but they continue. It's how is it defined as, by the Republican Party? It's perceived Party. as the left. It's the perceived as the left in um, trying to foist upon uh, parents and others these more uh, progressive viewpoints about race and culture so social and being and told social and racial right. equity yeah. well it's if you have to define it you're losing i said this yesterday so yeah i agree with her on that one if you got to define it you're already losing the game yes social and racial equity get out of here with that crap now somebody might take that clip of me and say oh you see he's a racist we shouldn't have equality amongst races i didn't say equality we said equity and there's a difference in that difference to that and it doesn't stop there. 
I'm asking you so to it, define it. What, what well, are, defining, how are Republicans it, defining defi woke? They're defining woke as saying that all people of, uh, you know, white people should feel guilty of being white in America. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's the right thing, but that's how they're defining it. And people mm -hmm. are be being offended by that and saying, you're not going to tell us that you that this is how we have to view things. My, my, why should we? Why should our kids pay for the sins of their ancestors? But they're not. So it's about so that. It's so I know they're not, but they're it doesn't not. matter. But Republicans, about race. Some of a lot. lot of it is about race okay. and culture issues. So Democrats are very bad at arguing, and Republicans are very good at fueling and manufacturing outrage. So it's the okay, fueling and manufacturing outrage. I don't think that's a Republican thing. I've got to say, this is uh, she's defining demagoguery. Number one, but number two, I believe that. It's the Democrats, really, that are excellent at fueling and manufacturing outrage. They're the ones that come and say, oh, my gosh, you're, if you're this color and you're that color, you're not having the same outcomes as the next guy. Hold up. Wait a minute. Sound the alarm. This is bad. I've never looked at any inequity in my life or my career as something that was related to my race or the race of somebody else. And it may be a case every now and again, but this isn't prevalent in today's society. It's one of those fundamental debates where... It's up to people. People aren't considering truth and facts and things like that. They're just saying, no, I think that all things that are bad are happening because of race. And there are people like that that have been that way since, um, I'm going to say since the beginning of time, probably not true, but you get my point. So you can't change certain people that way. But when you push that agenda on every last person and you introduce it into the public school curriculum, yeah, you better believe parents are going to step up and say, hold up. No, 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 no. Something's wrong. The new so they're taking advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We at Water so it's all based on race. We at the Lincoln Project pointed that out in the Virginia race, yeah. that critical race theory is the new N-word for yes. Republicans and the, and the Southern strategy okay. in 2021. Yes. But Democrats have to have a good comeback to, to, to this or they will lose. They will lose. When you say that this is the new Southern strategy and all of this nonsense, it's sheer stupidity. They've already lost. Critical race theory and this wokeism is the straw that broke the camel's back. People pinched their noses closed and swallowed gay marriage. People held their nose and swallowed transgenderism. But then it started going after their kids. Once you started going after people's kids, it becomes a big deal. A really big deal. This is why people are stepping up and saying, you know what, I don't care. I don't like politics. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not this. I'm not that. But I am a parent and I love my children. And if you keep coming after them, I'm going to go papa bear on you or mama bear on you because that's what parents do. And this is what the Democrats are failing to realize. And the reason is because when you're a bully and you start bullying people, you get used to it. You're like, oh, I'll bully this guy, bully this guy. Oh, maybe I won't bully that guy. It might be too much work. But after a while, you go, you know what? Let me take my chances. And then you go, oh, you know what? It worked with him too. And you keep moving and you keep bullying the next guy. And guess what happens? Now you're ready to bully everybody. This is why we have to stand up to the bullies. This is why we have to check them and tell them, no, not on my watch, not my kids, not my school district. It's not happening here. And if there's one thing I know about Philadelphia, you guys love your kids. Whenever I get to be on the program and we do calls, it's always so enriching to me. I get so gratified when I speak to people telling me they went to their school board meetings. That's what we need more of. We need a whole lot more of it. Now, anyway, straight ahead, I want to talk about a few things. I was going to squeeze it into this segment, but I'll leave it for the last segment because it's a news magazine format. I want to go over a couple of different articles, different topics, just about the crazy things that are happening. So don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. This is America. 
para inglés o primal número dos para Rich Valdez y esto es América ahora <laughs> I'm sure that ticked off a few people what's up everybody Rich Valdez Valdez with an S some of you guys know me as your liberty loving Latino amigo as Mr. Call Screener El Conservador Richie V at Rich Valdez on all the social media at Rich Valdez Valdez with an S I want to hear from you guys I will be retweeting some of your comments and thanks for the love thanks for following thanks for all of that stuff always appreciate it now what I want to talk about now is a couple of different articles that I saw really just this um just trend in crazy stuff, whether it was the teen attack on the SEPTA train that we talked about earlier, uh, the Rittenhouse stuff, which is, you know, great. Kudos to him for being found not guilty. And of course, the left is going to come in and say, this is a dangerous precedent. They're going to destroy society. This, that, and the third, it's the end of the world. I get it. Whether it was the the, the poor treatment of Jedediah Bila when she was on the, the View, her, her friends, right? She's on with her friends at her former place of employment, her former job, her, her former show. And this is the treatment that she's getting. You know that things are in bad shape. We got Thanksgiving coming up this week. And it makes you think, how are people going to be around their families? And I'm thinking, if some of the headlines that I'm looking at are any indication of how people are treating their families, we're in bad shape, right? There's this one story coming out of the LA Times, and not usually my rag, but interesting story nonetheless. Husband and wife fugitives who helped run an $18 million COVID relief fraud ring gets sentenced to several years in prison. But what's interesting here is I believe they're on the run and they've tried to get their kids to go on the run with them. The convicted felons now are, uh, let's see, Tarzana, Richard Arvazian, and Marietta Terabellian. They sliced off their electronic monitoring bracelets on their ankles and vanished in the middle of August. The couple left a note for their three teenage children saying... We will be back together again one day, they wrote. This is not goodbye, but a brief break from each other. Avazian, 43 years old, hey, that's my age, was sentenced in absentia on Monday to 17 years in prison for leading a fraud ring that stole $18 million in the scam to secure emergency pandemic loans that were supposed to go to small businesses during uh, the lockdowns. Terabellian, 37 years old, was sentenced to six years. Their whereabouts are unknown. <sighs> I tell you. Unbelievable. People are losing their jobs, and these guys rack up $18 million. Brings me back to the first segment where we talk about Jason Wicklock and what he had to say about good versus evil and how this is ultimately an attack on God and godliness and holiness and everything that's good. The couple's visibly distraught children watched from a courtroom bench as U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson described the crimes of their parents and six accomplices. Horrific and calculated callous is the quote from the judge saying it deprived legitimate businesses of relief that they needed to survive the economic devastation of 2020. So what they did then was they tried to get their nanny, the caregiver of their kids, to try and get their kids into Armenia, which was now delayed. So for $18 million, these people, and I don't know how much of that they were able to keep, but presumably, let's just say they got all $18 million. Now, they have no children. What's good with that? Nothing. Imagine selling your kids for $18 million. And if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'd sell mine for eight or 10, get out of here. Stop playing. This is a problem, a big problem. And it goes to show that families are under attack from within, just like America's under attack from within. This is the type of stuff that we can't just sit there and take. You can't just sit there on the sidelines and do nothing. You've got to do something. 
There's too much on the line. There's too much at stake, too much that we can lose. Now, my buddies at Just Facts, JustFacts.com, have a, um, a question of the day. And one of the questions, to switch gears a bit, was about immigration. And they asked, what's the primary cause of this 10x, 10-fold surge in Central American miners who were apprehended illegally crossing the U.S. border during the Obama administration? And the answer that I chose from the list of options, which are A, B, and C, expectations of amnesty, B, poverty in their homelands, or C, violence in their home country. So you're under attack, you're poor, or you think America will look the other way. Those are the three options. Which one was the main reason? I picked expectations of amnesty, but I'm a little bit of a cynic. So... I clicked my answer. I click submit on justfacts.com slash rich. If you want to go there, you can get this stuff for free, by the way. Justfacts.com slash rich. And what was the primary cause? Well, good answer for me. Yes, it was expectations of amnesty. In 2014, the U.S. Border Patrol interviewed a sample of Central American miners who were apprehended illegally crossing the border during a tenfold surge in such cases. And 95% of them said that their primary reason for migrating to the United States was the perception of U.S. immigration laws granting free passes. That's a quote. That's the proof in the pudding. The surge began after then-President Obama announced in 2012 that he would not deport most illegal immigrants who had arrived in the U.S. before 2007 and were under the age of 16 when they arrived. In 2014, Obama extended the the, uh, arrival date to 2010, confirming expectations that amnesty would eventually be granted to later arrivals. And of course, the media put the surge out there. People sent their kids in large number, yada, 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 yada. Of course, the media blamed the surge on violence in the children's homelands, but the nations where 93% of these minors came from, their murder rates were lower during all of those years of that surge than the year before. So the Build Back Better law would now grant amnesty to about 6.5 million illegal immigrants plus a few million other people. And that's happening now. This is what is on the table in Washington, D.C. Fighting for everything we've got in Washington. On Friday, we saw that they signed the uh, deal in the House for $1.7 trillion. You tell me, what do we do? I'll tell you, You got to get involved. You got to get active. Politicians are running amok. So what do you got to do? Stop the politicians. How do you stop a politician? You vote them out of office. There's a lot of steps to that. You figure out what they are, figure out which one you're comfortable with and do it. Whether it's running for office, supporting a campaign, volunteering for a campaign, creating a campaign, creating a pack, doing what you got to do, starting a podcast, starting a a YouTube show, do whatever you got to do, do all of the above. This doesn't change unless you, we the people, Step up and make that change. We saw it in Virginia, and we could see it in more places as we get closer to 2022. Anyway, that's all I've got for now. Remember my words of wisdom that I've stolen from Sir Edmund Burke and from others like Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something, stand up, make a change. Like Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, this is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, and I am Rich Valdez. And this is America. This is America. (laughs) 
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.